Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. Good morning and welcome to Weekend Mornings on our final hour here, 11-11 on a Saturday morning. Thanks for being with us today. Hope your day's off to a good start. Neil Humphreys in the studio with me this morning uh, up until noon. And our very special guest today, Moira Coops. Moira, who has been in Singapore for some 30 years. Uh, makeup artist to the stars and and regular people too. Moira, thanks for being here today. Great <laughs> to have you, you with us. And people like you, Glenn. Be- <laughs> I've made you up yeah. a few times. Celebrities well, and you, Glenn. Okay. Actually, the people don't realize that you're actually quite a good-looking man. They've got no idea, right? <laughs> Especially when you help me uh, help me out with that too. Thank you. Yes, when I when I've been on TV a number of times, you have you have done that. So thank you very much. Yeah, that so, must have been a big job. <laughs> hours, seriously, hours. And and she had to put an actual mask over me a yeah, while just uh, to completely hide that's it. Uh, my so. natural features. But anyway, Moira, great to have yeah. you with us. And you know, you have been in this very interesting career for so many years now in Singapore and and around the region, around the world, not just not just here. Tell us about how you got into being a professional makeup artist. What what drew you into that? Oh, my aunt. Yeah? Why is yeah, that? Yeah, she was, uh, I was about three. Oh, and I wow. know she did a lot of work for uh, the theatre. So quite often I'd end up helping her out mm. and learning from her. And this was in <laughs> Sydney, Australia? Yes, in Sydney, Australia. Yeah. And, and then, then later on I, I did a lot of theatre work, in, yeah. you know, college and that sort of thing. And then eventually I, I knew I wanted to do makeup. I was modelling at the time, but then I thought, no, I better do some courses. So I did some courses both in Australia and then I went to LA to the Westmore Academy and mm. did my makeup course there yeah. and learned some advanced techniques like sure. airbrushing and mm. things like that. I remember, you know, seeing some of the some of the uh, modeling pictures that you did. You had a you had a very good career in modeling. I mean, I you did. you know, you yeah. really were playing at a very high level. And and what was the turning point for you? You decided, you know, I want to shift maybe from the professional modeling into the other side of the camera. Was, well, was there a moment that... Yes, there was. Yeah. I remember I was doing a, uh, I think it was a, a big fashion show, and I remember seeing some makeup artists that were using some really dirty brushes, and I thought, oh. ah, <laughs> no, I need to do, learn to do this. I need to change things up. And, mm. and I, I decided then, that day, I thought, no, that's it. And yeah. how old were you at this time, roughly? Oh, I was only about 24 Hmm. Yeah. So you started in LA or did you go back to Sydney? Uh, in, went back to Sydney and then uh, I worked on the Good Morning Show uh, oh, right. on Channel 10 with yeah. Gordon Elliott, who's now very famous in America, huh. and did that for a number of years and then worked with John Laws, who was in, now in radio and he yeah. was a big multimedia personality and followed him around and in his Learjet at that yeah. time. It was great. So I'm guessing on those early shows, you'd have been quite young and yeah. at that time relatively inexperienced. Was it nerve-wracking, you know, because you've got celebrities coming onto the Good Morning shows every day? and Not really, mm. because having been a model and being mm. backstage and then having to get out there on the runway uh, or in front of... I understood them. Yeah. I had an empathy for them. So 
that makes I'm sense. a diva wrangler now. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, Moira Coops, the makeup art, professional makeup artist, is with us. And Moira does one-on-one makeovers with uh, ordinary people, men and women, specializing, of course, in TV work. Many of the uh, business news uh, TV stations use Moira when they have special guests on. Makeup, clothing, hair choices, clothing choices. You, It's, it's not just makeup. It's You're a stylist, right? Full package. Yeah, you really look the at the, whole, the full person. The full person on, on air. Everything stands out much more on air today. Yeah. When you look at a, a TV, it's it's just so strong. Everything, it gets exaggerated at least eight times the old resolution. A number of years ago, you and I had this discussion when HD was first really coming into the regular sort of TV uh, format for most people and just how different people mm. look on an HD uh, camera oh. than in the old traditional ones. And if you want to see an example, take a look at uh, just about any of the old traditional Chinese dramas that are on TV right now because they're still doing makeup the old way. The old way. way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you can see every line and you can see it. The makeup's just troweled on. You know, just watch you know, local TV. It's, it's, yeah. un, it's really, it's unreal. But it really is, it's a different world for a stylist today if they want to do the job professionally, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's Tell perfection us about that. without detection. Ah. So you, that's really, that's what every makeup artist has to aim for now. Yeah. And that means using much less. Yes. Yes. Much less makeup. When you have different techniques, like your airbrush technique that that's you're That's the best, professional in. Yeah. but there are HD products available. Mm. And there are things like mattifying gels, special products that keep people cool and as a cucumber for oh, a while. that's interesting. Yeah. Stop them sweating. And they're very, very fine products, but you need just so little. And you have to be careful as a makeup artist. You can't go on set with big powders that fly in the air because those granules will fly up uh, and hit the lens of the camera wow. sometimes. Uh, and then you have another problem. Yeah. So you have to be very, very, very careful of the products that you use and you have to use much less. Why, so, is it, why is it that so many makeup uh, artists and stylists are, are missing that, are not getting that, even though we've been in HD and 4K cameras now for training. years? Yeah. yeah, some of the schools aren't doing enough of that. Yeah. They're not training. And, of course, a lot of makeup artists think that those products are very expensive. And, yes, they are, but using so little, they actually go a long way. Mm. And it takes a lot of technique. You've got to keep your gun clean. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, it's so fascinating because and you're the first person to ever say what – uh, me as a layman has thought, which is less is more, even though the cameras are more intense now. Yeah, you know. Speaking of personal experience, and I won't name names, but it ties in with what you were saying about the Chinese dramas. I used to do a show um, where the makeup person came from a Chinese drama background, mm. and so was laying it on like with bricks and a trowel, <laughs> you know. And, uh, but then I went, and I'll say who it was. I, and then I used to do little bits for the BBC uh, with no makeup. Because they used to just play with lights, yeah. you know. I'm not saying that's the answer either, but they used to just with certain st- the way you position your lights, come in, no makeup, five minutes, go out. And I used to say to this makeup person, "How is that even possible that I look better on the BBC show with no makeup, <laughs> and yet on your, I'm sitting in your chair for hours and I look worse?" And I think it comes back to what you were saying: yeah. less is more. And having a very good lighting director, yeah, because the light helps paint the right areas if yeah. you've got a good one. 
You know, there's a there is a hesitation, I think, by men to put makeup on if they're going to let's say they're going to do a BBC or a Bloomberg or a CNBC interview, a business mm. news interview type thing. You know, men, men, there is a stigma, I think, that most men have if they're not in the in the TV industry about that. But how do you get them over that? Because it makes a huge difference in how people look and how they appear to whoever's watching TV. I take pictures of them yeah. and send them to them oh, there you go. off my TV and send them to them and say, look, we can make you look better. We <laughs> well, you were saying to me off air, weren't you? There was an example recently you saw yes. where, what was it? They were sweating too much. And- oh, he was, yes, poor, you know, very intelligent mm, yeah. uh, financial guru on TV for about five minutes and he had – sweating eyebrows and big sweating uh, around his moustache area and then he had a big hickey on his neck. That's (laughs) a love bite for Singaporeans. And um, I'm thinking, wow, well that doesn't look good because I didn't hear a word he said. I was just transfixed by all these it is true. And as much as I hate to admit it's true, I used to have the arguments with the people are just interested to what I have to say. I'm not the guy to care about that stuff. And they say, mm-hmm. Neil, and it's true, I have scruffy hair, but if you go on a TV series, the HD and the lighting will pick up the four grey hairs that are sticking up, and that's all the audience will look at is your four grey hairs. Four. That, when was that? How many well, years ago? All right, this was about 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm using it as an example, man. <laughs> but, but, Moira, you're absolutely right. It's true. And anytime somebody's on TV, especially if it's a spokesperson or somebody trying to convey information, things, whether it's male or female, things like, you know, jewelry that's too flashy too blingy, yeah. or blingy, mm-hmm. right? Or, and the uh, color that they wear. The colors. Yeah. I'm always advising businessmen to what colors to wear because sometimes if they wear a, a color that's really not good for HD, purples are not good for HD. Hmm. Hot pink is terrible. Right. Red sometimes is because it's just, just too shocking. Bright. It's yeah. too, well, what it does is the iris of the camera starts to focus on that main color and it tr- it distributes that color into your cheeks ah, into your wow. everything it, it you'll see it if somebody wears a black shirt it makes them look very gray around the the chin area yeah and it really it it's a it makes real a difference. problem it makes a difference and then people are distracted they're distracted by how you look exactly. rather yeah. than the content neil to your point of Disheveled, what you're saying right exactly disheveled and and color not right it's 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 all about the visual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hate myself for saying it because I always said, no, the message is more important than the messenger and so on. But unfortunately, unfortunately, in the HD world, the Instagram world that we live in, it's the first thing. And yeah. I'm guilty of it. I'll sit there with my wife going, look at the state of so-and-so. <laughs> but, yeah. And so we all do it, don't we? And we pretend also, we don't, but we do. Also, the posture how people sit mm. when they're being interviewed or how they hold their head. You know, they put their head on Tilted the side. Tilted to the side you know, or, yeah. They look yeah. very, yeah, wimpy that way. And a, lot of people, <laughs> and a lot of people do have a natural head tilt one way or the other. They just have to know about it mm. and compensate for it. Or right? their rounded shoulders. And when the cameras pull back and you've got a perfectly good-looking, you know, host of the show knowing what to do right. in perfect makeup, perfect wardrobe, looking great, looking the part, and then 
the guy is sitting there with his shoulders mm. all rounded. Mm. It's yeah. really important to watch your your, your posture on yeah. camera. How have you seen the, especially the arts and entertainment scene change over the years? You've you've done makeup for many you know famous celebrity stars who have come into Singapore for different shows, performances, things like that. But especially in the last few years, with the advent of the uh, of the casinos and and you know they have brought in a lot of new acts, was that really a turning point for Singapore in terms of the entertainment scene from your perspective as as a, a stylist? Oh, very much so. I mean, the the concerts that we've had, let alone wow, it's amazing the people that I've worked with, and it's it's just been great. I think for entertainment for here, and I hope it continues. I, yeah. I wish the government put more money in for the arts because it's really. It's it's a place for people really enjoy coming to perform in. Yeah. And uh, it's exciting. It's good for the uh, people in our industry too. Yeah. You know, I have a whole team of people that I can call on for backstage support. Wonderful people who can handle all kinds of emergencies, and, yeah. you know, wardrobe emergencies, makeup, wigs, anything. You know, you get asked the strangest things sometimes. With professional stylist Moira Coops in the studio today here on Weekend Mornings. Okay, Moira, you don't want to talk. You won't bring it up yourself, but we're going to squeeze it out of you. Talk to us about some of the famous people whose makeup you've done, men and women. Uh, Who are some of the notable folks that, that you have thought were really great to work with? And then who were the biggest divas? No, no, no. No, I know you won't do that. You can't do that. Oh, I worked recently with Christiane Amanpour and Anderson Cooper, and that was just absolutely wonderful. They're so professional, and it was very exciting. Um, Lovely to work with a great team like that. Uh, Quite often I get opera singers. Mm. Jose Carreras is one of my favorites. Mm. He's just fantastic. I was very sad to hear that Jessie Norman died this year. She was great. She was little scary, but she was fantastic. So such know? a presence. Presence, huh? yes. And a famous singer, yeah. Very, very good. And do you ever get the actors and actresses that pass through for media junkets? Uh, you know, we oh, have a yes. lot of Marvel movies coming through now and this, this yes, sort of thing. Yes, I worked with uh, Olga Kurilenko recently. She oh, was right. the Bond girl. Yes, yeah, sure. Gorgeous. What wow. a lovely woman. Very nice, very natural, very, very appreciative of everything you did for her. She was lovely, lovely to work with. Now, I, I saw that you had also worked with Hugh Jackman, Michael Bolton, oh, some yeah. of the men as well, right? Yeah. What, what kind of – now, of course, they're prof- professionals and they understand the importance of makeup. How do you approach dealing with men versus women when you, when you think of their face as a canvas or their persona as a canvas for you to work with? Is there a difference in how you approach them? Not really. Uh, those men really, they appreciate looking great. Sure. They know they, they're going to look good if I put makeup on them and their wardrobe is perfectly in order. Yeah. So I uh, usually do them very, I can do them very quickly. I mean, I've done Bill Gates in a minute and a half. I mean, <laughs> you can do people that fast. <laughs> it's great. It's a challenge. Yeah. I like it. I love working with men because they, they don't want to be fussed. They just want it look good done. And get, look good. And get, Let, done. get me in there. That's it. Yeah. But it's interesting, Glenn's point, someone like Hugh Jackman yeah. would know just as much about makeup as I imagine as most makeup artists in the sense that it's his stock in trade. He can't work without it. So when you get a Hugh Jackman come in, do you say to him like a hairdresser, what would you like? Or is it you, he just assumes that you know what tone, what texture? How, right. do, how does it work? No, they usually assume. Right. I never ask them what they want. Right. Unless it's someone like Ashanti. 
she was very concerned that I wouldn't have her colour because she's mm. a woman of colour. Right. But I've got 82 colours in my kit, so yeah, right. I yeah. can do anybody, really. Yeah. And when she saw the, I just opened the bag and showed her the colours and she was like, oh, darling, you can do me. That's a very <laughs> interesting point because I just saw a very funny movie this week, uh, Dolomite Is My Name, the Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix, and they actually make the joke on the film that – white makeup artists don't know how, how to, to do, do black, black. performers. Mm. That was a joke they made on the movie. Oh. So, I mean, how does that work? Again, same thing. All, all you know, people of colour, they just assume that you'll know straight away or do they sometimes say, I want this, I want that? They're sometimes worried, but right. as soon as I show the kit, and they know I've, I did my training in LA. Mm. So, sure. yeah, a lot of my teachers were women of colour, right. men of colour. It was great. Now, the, this idea of the airbrush makeup, if somebody doesn't know about that, people think of tr- traditional sort of wipe-on makeup or, or whatever. But why is, it, why is the airbrush different? And how, how, does that, how is it different from more traditional uh, makeup? Well, it goes on in a, a million microdots of colour. Explain what it is, too. You know, the, I have a, an airbrush gun, same as what So it's like a spray gun, spray right? Spray gun, a paint, right? Paint gun, yeah. Yeah. And I just put six drops. That's all I need for a whole face. Tiny, tiny drops. And it just goes on absolutely smoothly, hiding all perfections, imperfections. And just, it's so light. It's it's not a heavy makeup. And it just, after it works with the natural oils of the skin, it just looks flawless. Just looks like skin, good skin, which is a a bonus. You squirt on the six dots and then you just move the dots around, is it, to blend into the... I don't have to blend it. I just do it in my It mixes in the spray gun. Like, you know, like spray painting a car, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it mixes in the little canister. Yeah, I'm trying to picture, but you said you only put like five or six dots on. Yeah, five drops in in the gun. Oh, in the gun, sorry, and then you spray the whole face. But people get a bit worried when I pull out the gun. (laughs) <laughs> well, you would. <laughs> Sometimes it looks like it could be at the dentist, but it right. doesn't yeah. hurt at all, and they love it. It's it's very light. It's a mist, like right. as though you were spraying your face with Evian. <laughs> and this is the way that professional makeup is going towards they this all spray do gun. That. Yeah. Wow. There are some brands of makeup that are HD, but they're a lot slower to apply. It yeah. takes ages, and yeah. time is everything in television, especially mm. in business news. Wow. Mm. Now, is there a fear? I'm just thinking aloud. You know what it's like in any industry. If you have a, a mechanical product, then someone comes along and says, I don't need an expert to do that. I can pay anyone just to spray someone's face. Is there a, <laughs> is there a fear that the technology will – I could just apply the technology and get an intern to spray this person's face? Or is there still a, obviously a no, skill, a skill. involved? Yeah. yeah, you have to really know what you're doing. and You have to keep the gun spotlessly clean because it's a tiny right. wee hole that that makeup comes out. Right. So, right. Neil, having been from the council of state, as you often as you often note, did you ever see somebody who spray painted a car with a can of spray paint? Frequently. Okay. That was so it, that it's was like between. that? Yeah, we were spraying our faces <laughs> in between. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the runs. difference between spraying your car with a can of spray paint or taking it to a proper shop yes, where they do yes, it. So exactly right. I think that is the comparison. That's a yes. good analogy. That's a very good analogy. <laughs> yeah, I'll use that analogy. one in the yeah. future. <laughs> Go to the mechanic. Go to the professional. Oh. It helps to have the skill. Exactly. Such a pleasure to have you with us today. Uh, Moira Coop's professional stylist here in Singapore, available for one-on-one consultations. How how do, how do people find you if they want to go to your website and, and um, meet up with you? Oh, stylepolice at gmail.com will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. That's fine. Thanks for being Contact with us me today. Anytime. Yes, I'll do Absolutely. your face next time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Can I ask do you? I don't know time. if you can answer this question or not. Who's, who's been one of the most favorite people that you've done the makeup for? Oh, I love Shaka Khan. Absolutely. Oh. Babyface. He's wonderful. Mm. Kenny liked him. 
Um, Sharon Stone, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So Cindy Crawford was wonderful. Now, that is a beautiful woman. Yes. Yeah, she absolutely. was lovely, lovely to work with. Beautiful. Awesome. And I liked working with uh, Hillary Clinton. She was lovely too. So you've worked with Cindy Crawford and Glenn Van Sutford. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. get any better than that, does it? She really should just retire. Don't you think she's <laughs> done it, it all? The, the apex of the her career. Everest has been peaked. <laughs> Moira, thanks again for coming in today. Great to see you. I hope you come back again. I will. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Right. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.